You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's when my man Patrick plays jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Um, I have no idea what this is. Really? No. Very famous person. Wow. It's Elton John. Okay. It's Philadelphia okay. Freedom. Oh, I don't recognize the song. I guess I should recognize the voice. That's it right there, yeah. Yeah, but I don't recognize the song. I'm not a huge Elton John fan. Yeah. I'm not an Elton John hater. But Man, it's the number one Elton John hit. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it just lets you know how much Elton John I listen to. Yeah. It's the number one hit, and I was like, I never heard this song. Uh, there you go. Top of the charts Tuesday. Broaden our horizons. Thanks to my man, Patrick. Specs text line wide open for you. 512-337-3776. Harge is back in the house. You can reach out to him via Twitter at Hardball Harge. My man, Patrick Davis, at It's Patrick Davis. You want to reach out to the real MVP, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, uh, man, it's a lot of NFL stories we got to get to. First, before we do any of that, two things from you, Harge. You got a special guest coming up at, for Harge Knock Life. Let the people know what's going That's on. That's right. We're going, we're, it's draft week. We got to get ready for the draft. The Dallas Cowboys are being a very, very hot topic. Not as hot as C.J. Stroud's conversation and now Will Levis, but we're going to have Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram to let us know the latest on the Cowboys thinking and also ask him about what the heck was Jerry Jones calling out his coach for in that press conference before the draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna sit back. I probably can. I'll still sit. It's a bad sheet. We can talk about it later yeah. on before we get out of here. Yeah, I think he was just taking. I think it was a joke. I it thought was. it was just a joke, and it's one of those jokes where. And like I said, we'll play the audio later because we shouldn't talk about it if we're not gonna play the audio. It's just one of those jokes where someone ever joke with you and they're joking. But they're joking about something that to you is kind of serious and it kind of hurts your feelings. Yeah, but you're a little sensitive about it. You laugh and you're like, oh, it kind of hurts your feelings a little bit. You're like, exactly. Tears of a clown kind of thing. So that I think that was that moment for Mike McCarthy. Jerry was joking and then Mike was like, actually, that's kind of personal. That's kind of personal, man. I already got rid of somebody. We've been talking about his job is pretty much on the line this year and that Dan Quinn's going to take his job and then Jerry Jones makes a joke about his job. So it's one of those things. It's really good. It, it's really good. All right, we'll, so we'll play that actually later. I'll send it to Patrick so we can play it a little bit later on. But let's talk NFL here. Before we do that, Hard, I want to give you the floor to talk about the Aaron Rodgers trade a little bit. You weren't here yesterday when the news broke, uh, but that was the biggest news, still kind of one of the biggest stories uh, of the day, of course. And for those who have been under a rock or were golfing for six hours like Harge was, uh, if you didn't hear the news uh, yesterday. <laughs> I was no rock. <laughs> yeah, you were on a rock. You, just you probably would have rather been on a rock. Six 
six hours of golf. Uh, the Jets did. Uh, Jets did get Aaron Rodgers in a trade with the Packers. They got Aaron Rodgers, uh, the number fifteen pick, uh, which is a twenty twenty three fifteen pick, the overall number in the first round pick, and they also got a fifth round pick. So they got Aaron Rodgers, a first round pick, and a fifth round pick. The Packers get a first round pick, the number thirteenth pick, which is then a second round pick in twenty twenty three as well, a sixth round pick, and then a conditional pick. Depending on whether Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the steps or not, the conditional pick is a second initially. Uh, but if Aaron Rodgers uh, plays 65% of the snaps, all right, uh, it becomes a first round pick. Right. If he plays that many, enough of the snaps. Yeah, I, I look at it and I said this is, this is a win win for everybody that's out there. I think the fact that they don't lose a first round pick this year is outstanding. They made it to where it's like, all right, we'll give you our 13, but let me go ahead and get your 15. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. That means I'm still getting a first-rounder, somebody else that can fill a void that we may or may not need. And then for them looking at next year's draft, depending on me and Patrick, Patrick and I were talking about it earlier, it's like you look at how it balances out, you're not going to get that high of a draft pick if he goes out there and plays well. So you it, it'll still even itself out. I thought they did a great job in this trade. I think everybody's going to be happy with the compensation, and it's a fact now. Will Aaron Rodgers show up for camp? That's um, the the mini well, camps. I was gonna say yeah, the mini camps to get to know these receivers to be a part of it. He's not a guy. Have you ever heard of them inviting people over? We hear about all the other coach quarterbacks that go to different places, invite them out to the house. Patrick Mahomes got him in Texas. He got him in Texas. Russell Wilson had him go mm-hmm. out and spend time with Tom him. Brady got a to field. Take him to Tom the beach. Yeah, like take Miami him all out. Some, yeah. I don't understand. It, maybe he does do it and there's no publicity, but there's publicity for everything. There's so much publicity that why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers want people to know that he did that? So that's the other part of it as well. He let us know he was going on a retreat. You know, mm-hmm. that he yeah. was just in the middle of a conversation, but he let us know about it. Yeah. So I've never heard of him spending time with his receivers, and I've never heard of him showing up early to those mini camps. That's a great point because he's been in this phase lately, very selfish phase. Very, wrong. We all go through yep, selfish yep, phases, yep. Uh, but a selfish phase in his life. So he's been trying to, you know, have some in, in spiritual enlightenment. And that's not selfish. I mean, that's selfish, yep, but yep. you should try to achieve some spiritual enlightenment for all of us, uh, whether that be his dark retreats, all these ayahuasca, you know, missions that he takes. I'm sure he's got a shaman at this point, whatever. And then he had the Shailene Woodley, I believe. That was his ex. Remember, he got really into the kind of homeopathic uh, world, and he became a very hippie because she was very um, or like all natural, mm-hmm. like, like not wearing deodorant and doing, you know, sun, sunbathing. Uh, well, it actually is not just sunbathing. I believe it's it's well, I mean, per, it's, per, it's per, per, perineum sunning. Right, because it's the perineum that she was trying mm-hmm. to sun. Yes, I want you look it up. I don't want to be yeah, describing yeah, what the perineum yeah, is, yeah. but y'all get it. So my point is, he went through that kind of phase. So he was missing the the, the mini camps because he thought his spiritual enlightenment, his journey, whatever it was, was more important than those mini camps. Yep. Well, now he decide to to the point you just made, I think was a astute one. Uh, you know, hey, now you know what we want to win games. Now the the rapport and chemistry with my teammates matters way more than my individual journey that I was going through. Right. Let's prioritize that, which he, which he was at one point in his pro career. Uh, it's just now he's at the, the goat phase in his career where, you know, he's not necessarily the best teammate. 
He's just he's a great definitely player. not a teammate. He's a great player, but yeah. not also a great teammate. Will he be a great teammate? That's the question. The one, the, yeah, and that's the reason why I get so frustrated with him is because you want to be critical of your wide receivers, but yet you hadn't spent any time with them. You hadn't, you didn't spend any offseason time with them, but you're mad at them because they're not getting the right depths on the route, mm-hmm. or they're not running the right uh, calls for you, and they don't know exactly what your hand signals make. That's why he wants to bring in a guy like Alan Lazard. That's why he wanted to bring in uh, uh, Randall Cobb, guys that he had experience with because I don't have to go to work with them. I know where they're going to be. Well, no, this is a different type of situation. And I promise you this, Garrett Wilson doesn't seem like a guy that's going to hold his tongue because he wants to be great. So he already proved himself as a rookie of the year with three, four different quarterbacks this past year Mm -hmm. as the wide receiver. So now you're going to look at it and you're going to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers that Garrett Wilson wants to be elite-level type of player. So he's going to expect as much as Aaron's going to expect from him, I think Garrett is going to expect the same from him as well. That's a good point, uh, and I, I can't wait. So I think that's a really good point that uh, uh, you made, though, about the mini camps. If he's not there for the mini camps, I think we already know uh, he's trending the wrong way. Exactly. He's and New York being is not selfish. going to let it easy. This ain't, this ain't Green Bay media. I think he will show up for the mini camps this, yeah. this year. I hope so. Like I said, if you look at the history of Aaron Rodgers, all right, and, and like a lot of goats out there, he's at his best when basically everybody's counting him out. When he believes that he's been slighted or disrespected in some way, and I'm not saying that this stuff actually exists, but we know from the documentary, The Last Dance, that the GOAT, Michael Jordan, made up all ty- imaginary slights and made up all types of uh, different, uh, basically different levels of disrespect from his opponents, which may or may not have been true, just to motivate himself, right. just to intrinsically motivate himself. And I do think Aaron Rodgers has some of that where he believes that people are counting him out and he believes that uh, you know he's now been disrespected for some reason. It happened after they drafted Jordan Love. He wins the MVP. Yep. All right. He he had had his he had been he had been on the downward spiral, if you will, for a while. Uh, he had been trending down uh, as a quarterback for a while, and then they drafted the quarterback, yep. and he was motivated because he thought, oh, you guys already think I'm done? You drafting this young buck to replace me? Motivated Aaron Rodgers. Was an all, uh, basically all pro Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And then going back to when he was drafted initially, remember, he drops in the draft. He thought he deserved to be drafted high at, in the lottery, basically, of the NFL. He dropped to, was it 26 or something like that? He dropped deep in the draft, and he let that that chip on his shoulder become a boulder. Yep. For a year and a half, two years while he sat on the bench. Uh, believe, and by the way, Brett Favre also fed because Brett Favre didn't like him either. Remember Brett Favre famously said, I'm not here to groom that guy. I'm not That's here exactly to mentor right. him. I'm here to keep my damn job. That upset Aaron Rodgers even more. And then he also had a very kind of similar relationship with Jordan Love. I'm sure he was a little bit more amicable than Brett Favre, but he wasn't doing Jordan Love any favors. He was trying right. to keep his job and prove that to the world that he was still an all-pro caliber quarterback. So if you go look at it, he's had his best years as a player arguably when everybody's tried to cat when everybody's been counting him out and yep. i think you may get one more good one from him but i think hard is right if he doesn't show up for the mini camps <sighs> i'm not i wouldn't bet on it right i would if he doesn't show up for the mini camps i wouldn't bet on it and that's why i believe that if he doesn't <laughs> show up for the mini camps that new york media is not going to put <laughs> up with it because they right now there's a bunch of fanfare it's the big talking point we've been waiting on it this entire off season 
It was not a matter of when. I mean, not matter hmm. if. It was a matter of when. We've already done the win. Now I need to see if you're going to go win, and that's going to be the most important part. Uh, the Jets, how about this? They're pl- they're, they're going to pay Rodgers. Uh, he's basically going to pick up his guaranteed option mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a bonus. So basically the $58.3 million is going to convert. They're going to convert uh, it to a signing bonus. And this yep. was from Ian yep. Rappaport, creating $43 million in cap space. And he's only going to have a $15.7 million cap hit. That's why you do what you do, man. To Patrick's cash over cap point. I mean, they're figuring, hey, man, let's just pay him the money in cash. He might retire next year anyway. Mm-hmm. We might not even, let's not even have any uh, essentially money left on the books for Aaron Rodgers. We can just get it all out of the way and create cap space this year since we're going all in now. Well, all also, in. we got a clear cap room in a couple of years because Garrett Wilson <laughs> and Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner and all these guys, are contracts will come up sooner rather than later. And we're going to have to start looking into signing the guys that we've built this team with so that we don't fall into the abyss when Aaron Rodgers does leave. Yep. Yeah, it, it goes to show. We, st- we said this about the salary cap. I mean, some people would say that the salary cap doesn't really exist, that it's kind of a, a <laughs> it's, uh, it's basically a, a, not a figment of the NFL's imagination, but it, it is not necessarily real that there are all types of ways to manipulate it. Don't manipulate is actually probably considered to be against the CBA. Maneuver is probably the ways you want to use. It's like tax avoidance and tax evasion. But there's no doubt that some capologists in the NFL are way savvier at maneuvering the salary cap because that's a savvy move right there. They're going to create $43 million in cap space after acquiring Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing happened with Philadelphia and that contract with Jalen Hurts. They did the same type of thing. Remember, we started talking about this this cap hit that Jalen Hurts had because it was reported by Adam Schefter that that $255 million extension over four years, basically that the salary cap numbers for the next four years for them, he said it was going to be 6.1 in 2023, 13.5 in 2024, 21 in 2025, and 31 in 2026. And people are thinking, how the hell do you maneuver the cap that way? Yep. But according to Adam Schefter, that's exactly what it is. Essentially, Jalen Hurts' cap hits over the next four years are more are are, are less than Daniel Jones' cap hits. <laughs> Daniel Jones' cap hits in 2023, 21 million. 2024, 45 million. 2025, 39 million. 2026, 56 million. Like I said, some guys just know how to maneuver the salary cap that's better the than others. Beautiful part about it. Don't manipulate it, maneuver it, and that is unbelievable. Think about this. Here are the mm-hmm. cap hits over the next two seasons, right? Patrick Mahomes, eighty six point four million. Dak Prescott, $86.3 million. Deshaun Watson, $83 million. Matt Stafford, $69 million. Josh Allen, $65 million. Kyler Murray, $67 million. Daniel Jones, $66 million. Jalen Hurts, $20 million. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 hey, that's, that, that's knows how to work. Find you somebody out there that knows how to maneuver uh-huh. the salary cap. All right? Or, or not manipulate, maneuver. Uh, and, man, if you can find somebody that can do it as well as Howie Roseman does it or even what the Jets did, that's just brilliant. I still don't know how Howie Roseman did it. Like, I still don't know. <laughs> nobody does. How, nobody does. Nobody even does. The, the capologists at, like, uh, Spot, uh, was it Spot Track? Spot Track, yeah. Even they were stupefied. They were like, we don't know how the hell Howie <laughs> Roseman's doing this. This doesn't even make sense. The numbers don't work. Right. That guy's a magician when it comes to the salary cap. I, I, mean, I wish he could do my taxes. Man, I need him too. Because I, I pay too much. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the Texans here, gentlemen, because uh, they are a big wild card. And it, it's we know the Texans like Will Levis because a lot of the reports out there have said the Texans do like Will Levis. You know whether they love Will Levis or not, they do like him. 
And we know the silly season now may be at its it may be at its peak, guys, because there are all types of rumors and different stories out there. So Patrick sent me this. This comes from Sports Illustrated. So this is about as legit as you can get. So a random Reddit post basically has <laughs> skyrocketed the Will Levis stock. Ridiculous. Or at least his odds of being drafted second in the NFL draft. So how about this? Levis's odds to go number one overall to the Panthers shortened from plus 4,000 to plus 600 Tuesday morning at the SI Sportsbook, a dramatic shift that appears to be in response to a Reddit rumor. According, accordingly, his odds to go second cooled marginally from minus 133 to plus 100. So apparently a Reddit user, sale agreeable 2834. I know. Don't <laughs> Sale, that's what it is. Sale agreeable, yep. 2834. Reference Levi's long odds to be the first pick and wrote, Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will in fact take him on Thursday. You're welcome, said Sale Agreeable, 2834. So apparently, this thing went so viral, this post on Reddit went so viral, became so popular that it actually shifted the odds, <laughs> the Vegas odds of Will Levis being drafted number one overall. Isn't that crazy? It is unbelievable. Silly season, ladies and gentlemen. At one, some books, they said he went from plus 4,000 to plus 400. Yeah. Odds of being number one overall. Silly season at My his peak. Goodness. So this, this actually makes me feel better as a Texans fan. There's a lot of talk about what the Texans are going to do and what they aren't going to do. And actually, Ian Rappaport, um, said, and I, like I said, I, I thought that this actually sounded like good news, and maybe it's because <laughs> I'm a Texans fan now. I'm thinking about the worst case scenario. He said, "Quote: No one has any idea what the Houston Texans are really going to do. Neither do they." <laughs> he says, "Literally, no one except for Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's has, which has led to rumors all over the place from." Could the Texans not take a quarterback? Could they take the top position player? Whether Will Anderson's going to be their pick, Tyree Wilson going to be their pick. It's not C.J. Stroud. Is it another quarterback? Nobody knows. And this really, to me, is the biggest pivot point we've seen in years for the draft. Man. I'm going to say it's a good thing because hopefully it means that they're just going to draft the best quarterback available, the best, the best quarterback based on their evaluations. And at this point, I'm hoping that that's C.J. Stroud after Bryce Young is gone. But even if it's not C.J. Stroud and they decide to do something ill-advised, yep, yep. like draft, I don't know. Dan Olofsky said they should draft Anthony Richardson. Speaking of, silly season. He just said that on NFL Live, I believe, yesterday. He said, I would draft Anthony Richardson oh with the number God. two overall pick if I were the Texans. So now we have all three quarterbacks, essentially. Tell me why. Tell me th- what was said, his reason. He said the inaccuracy uh, reports are overblown because that's, that's numerically. But if you watch in film, which I'm an advocate for, watch right. the film. He said, if you watch the film, it's actually a lot more of the – uh, shortcomings of the offense and the shortcomings of the talent around him. Then you can say the somebody. same thing about Levis because if you go back and you look at Will Levis, he lost offensive linemen. He didn't have top receivers. He didn't have. Uh, he had a brand new offensive coordinator as well. Some of the things were a little bit different than was expected. The only reason why I say that because I'm not a big Will Levis fan. I'm not a huge one either. But when people go out there and they say those types of things, I'm like. Well, we can do that for every quarterback that's out there. 
We can do that for C.J. Stroud. Go out there and say, well, C.J. Stroud's cognitive test, I think it was fake because he just didn't want to take it. You know what I'm saying? How many tests have you taken where you're like, man, I don't even want to take this thing. I'm going to A, B, C, C, A, B, C, C, go on out, spell the alpha, spell some things in there. There's times that you just gone through it to get through it, but that's what I'm saying. Like these types of things, to your point, the silly season is just that because everybody can find a flaw on everyone. Mm-hmm. Every single reason why you should not take that guy. We just like you talked about the scores of uh the cognitive test where uh Bryce Young, unbelievable scores. But what's the been the biggest knock for him? He's too short. Awesome. You can find something, and that is why this time of year cracks me up because even when we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to pick that guy because I didn't like that guy and I wanted to figure you know, it only takes one. It takes, it one. takes that one. So. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's right now. I'm so happy that we're done with the silly season. I'm not <laughs> no. gonna, as a Texans fan, it's wearing me out. Yeah, I am like exhausted. And Patrick's moment. not even a Texans fan anymore. He, no, it's it's his ex, though. He's keeping up with his ex. He's stalking his ex. <laughs> he's been cyber stalking his ex all all off season long. He can't help it because he's no thinking. He's, he was thinking about coming back. No doubt. I like D'Amico Ryan's, and then Nick Casario's like still here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, okay, you know what? Real quick, because I don't we got we got um, Clarence Hill coming up. up. Yep. Just real, you know what? I'll get into it in Raj round today because I might start ranting. It's about the Texans, <laughs> and I don't want to rant. I want to give Clarence Hill his time. We'll talk more Texans. We'll do that in Raj round of the day a little bit. We'll talk Texans and Cowboys. Uh, what you got coming up for the people in Harsh? We got Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. The draft is coming up. I'm going to ask him his thoughts on. Where they should go, what has he heard, and of course, some of the past moves that the Cowboys have made, and if he still wants to talk about those. All right, we got Harsh Knock Life with Clarence Hill Chill coming up right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 Horns. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rob Babers, and of course you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, I was going to let y'all be a part of the Specs text line, but not right now, but I'll give it to you anyway. 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is a man that is Pretty pretty known around here on the 40 Acres. My man went to the University of Texas. He's a proud Longhorn. I've actually watched a game with him where we both lost our mind watching the game before. <laughs> but you can follow all of his work at Clarence Hill Jr. on Twitter, and he's also part of the Fort Worth Star Telegram. It's my man Clarence Chill Hill. Clarence, what's going on, brother? 
What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? We good, great, man. Chill. It's that time of the year where mm-hmm. everybody, we've been calling it silly season. We're getting all kinds of information on players and their, their scores on cognitive tests and who is moving up the charts, who is moving down the charts. This is the craziest time of the year. And let's be honest, there are no uh, for sure things in the draft but why is it at this time chill that this is where people start to nitpick and go crazy every single time because it's so important and so you got to analyze everything and people you know they 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 go through everybody with a fine-tooth comb it's you know it's also misinformation season so Mm -hmm. a lot of people are putting stuff out there to to get you off the scent but if you're going to nitpick a prospect this is the time to do it you know because so much is on the line and and, and it does get crazy. You know, you think some things, you know, common sense, you know, just watch the tape, watch the guy play. But but you but you have to go through it. You have to go through the history. You have to go through everything. And people come up with, with silly stuff. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud is getting it right now. And you, you watch the guy play and everything he's done. And you and you, and you wonder, you, you watch the guy throw the ball and you wonder, you know, what's the deal here? You know, you know there, there's no reason he should be dropping or seemingly dropping the way he is. And we'll see if he really does drop. You know, now now that there are people talking about Gills and that be the number one running back over B.J. Robinson and B.J. You know, uh, you know, uh, Bijan Robinson. Bijan, yeah. And Bijan has been, the best, been, been considered the best back in the draft since you know this process started. And some people, you know, have him as a top five talent, top three talent. Some people have the number one overall talent in the draft period. And now there are whispers this week about. Some teams have Gibbs over Robinson as a number one running back. It's it, it, it's crazy, but it's analysis by paralysis, or paralysis by analysis. People, you, you watch things over and over again, and you find out what you want to see. But you know, I can't wait till Thursday gets here, man. It's it's, it's going to be a crazy draft. I think it's you know it, it's the most uncertain draft we've seen in a while. You know, from the top, you know, the quarterbacks and everything else to to Jalen Carter, where he's going to go. There's a lot of uncertainty in this draft. Yeah, I agree with you, Chill, man. A lot of wild cards out there from the Texans to Bijan. I mean, it's, it's all up there in the air. Uh, let me get, let me ask you a question about the NFC and what, uh, the Dallas Cowboys because with Aaron Rodgers now, you know, over uh, with the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 I saw the stat, and it's actually mind-blowing to think that now Dak Prescott is the most tenured quarterback with his team, and it seems like that NFC, other than the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, in the same division, it seems like for the most part it's out there for the taking. This is a big draft for the Cowboys. What do you think they're going to do in this draft, particularly to push them over the top? Well, you know, think about it. Let's, let's just talk about the quarterback position for a second. Okay. You know, there's always this question, can Dak lead a team to the Super Bowl? Why not? Look at the NFC. I mean, you know, two years ago, it was Matt Stafford who had never won a playoff game, you know, in Detroit. He goes to the right team, right situation, and the best defense player on the other side of the ball, and he leads the team to the Super Bowl. Last year, you know, is Jalen Hurts coming out of nowhere? People didn't know what he was, you know, coming to the season. They didn't even know if he was the quarterback of the future. At least in the Super Bowl, it is wide open. There are any number of quarterbacks in the NFC who can lead a team to the Super Bowl. So it's not an issue whether Dak can, because the other two who had never done it before did. You know, it's just a matter of Willie. Will the Cowboys put the right people around him? I think that's been the focus of the entire offseason. Last year, they made a mistake when they took weapons away from Dak Prescott, thinking he was going to elevate them. And unlike the Eagles model, who put added weapons and gave Hurts the best receiving core, offensive line, running game, great defense, added people around him. I think this Cowboys 
focus this year is to add weapons to the offense, add weapons to the defense to put a better team around Dak Prescott. You know, him, that was part of the reason why Mike McCarthy took over the coaching. You know, he wants them to be more efficient, you know, play smarter, uh, and make better decisions with the offense, you know, focus on the run more, lean on the defense more. That was part of that in helping Dak Prescott, improving the, the blocking in front of him. You know, one of the dirty little secrets, and Dak didn't get sacked that much, but the offense line, the pass blocking was one of the worst in the league last year. You know, and Dak made up for a lot of his mobility, hmm. but the pass blocking was one of the worst in the league last year. So that that's all part of it. They, they added uh, Cooks uh, as a receiver because they didn't have a deep threat, but they're still going to look for a receiver and a tight end in the draft. So do, they're going to do a number of things to continue to help build his team and build the supporting cast around Dak Prescott to hopefully get over that hump and end that 27-year gap between Super Bowls. Man, that's a big old Grand Canyon gap. That ain't, <laughs> that's a big old gap. We're talking to Clarence Hill. You can follow him on Twitter, at Clarence Hill Jr. He writes for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He's been covering the Cowboys for a very for those 27 years at least. You know what I'm saying? So Clarence exactly. has been around the game for a very long time. You know, Clarence, we were talking about the draft last year. The Cowboys went with offensive line with Tyler Smith. Wasn't sure how I felt about that. Was After I got a chance to watch him play, he improved and he impressed. And I was really moved by the way he did his things. They drafted Sam Williams. They drafted Jalen uh, uh, Tobert. And they also brought in Jake Ferguson. I know a lot of people are looking at this draft at number 26, and they're saying, oh, the Cowboys are going to go for a tight end. And I'm losing my mind. Am I wrong for not wanting the Cowboys to go get a tight end? I believe in Jake Ferguson. I think that they are going to be able to move the offense with him. But why is everyone believing that the tight end position is the way that the Cowboys will go? Well, I mean, they're going to take a tight end at some point in this draft. There's no question about that. Stephen Jones has said it. You know, the, the draft, good news is the draft is deep in tight ends. You don't have to do it at 26. But if Dalton Kincaid or Michael Meyer are there and they're the best available athlete on the board, they will pull the trigger at tight end. You know, yes, you like Dick Ferguson. You, you, you certainly like Henderson and what you got in those guys, but you know, you can still use an upgrade. You can still add to the position, and it's something the Cowboys are considering. The, the good news about what the Cowboys have done in the offseason and certainly what they've done in free agency is that they're not locked into a certain position at 26. Nope. They can take a running back and beat John Falls. You know, they can take a receiver. Remember, they brought in at least four to five top, top five receivers in a draft uh, to come visit. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and, and the kid out of Boston College, Zay Flowers, and certainly Quentin Johnson. You know, they got a lot of receivers who they brought in. You know, they brought in a lot of tight ends. You know, they can take a cornerback. They can take a pass rush. They can take a linebacker. They have needs at defensive tackle. Uh, they they can take a guard because they have that. That's the only position I would say that they don't have a, you know, pencil in starter right now at left guard. You know, so they're open to everything. Then what they're going to focus on is taking the best player available. And if that is a tight end, it could be. But one thing they will do is they will take a tight end at some point in this draft. And as Stephen Jones told us today and yesterday that the tight end position is deep. And so it could be round one, it could be round four, but there will be a tight end taken by the Cowboys at some point. 
Yeah, it's definitely one of the deepest tight end drafts we've we've had in the last five or six years or so. Uh, let me ask you about a comment that was made uh, uh, from Mike McCarthy, Chill, that really kind of sent shockwaves uh, throughout the Dallas Cowboys fandom when he said he wants to run the ball more. That actually points, scoring points, not his top priority, but winning games and winning games by running the football. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, not word for word, but they got to get a running back. That's the case. I know they got Ronald Jones. I know they got Tony Pollard still recovering from the injury. I know they got some guys, but it's definitely going to be another position they're going to target here in the draft. What round do you think they're going to get that running back, and what running backs have you seen or at least heard of the Cowboys might be interested in? I mean, again, everybody likes, you know, Bijan. Okay, yeah. if, if Bijan falls, I, I, I think certainly the Cowboys will take him, and, and I think, you know, they yes. naturally would have some interest in, <laughs> in, in Gibbs out of Alabama, but I mean, they like Roshan Johnson. Yeah. You know, they, they, they really do like Roshan Johnson and what he brings. Uh, they like Kendra Miller from TCU. They like Spears, you know, from uh, from from uh, uh, Tulane. Yeah. And, and certainly they like your. Uh, I can't even think of his name. I just I just wrote it down. The kid that transferred from TCU to um, Zach Evans, uh, Mississippi State. Zach Evans. Huh? Zach Evans. Yep. Zach Evans. They brought they brought him in to visit. You know, they like Zach Evans. But you know, again, as we've seen, you can get a good running back second, third, or fourth round. I mean, Kansas City. He's won a Super Bowl last year with their best running because seventh round pick Pacheco. Hmm. You know, and so you know they 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 will take a running back. They do want to add to that position. They want a bigger back. They got Tony Pollard. They do want a bigger back. You know, can do some more of the inside stuff like Zeke did. But but they will take a running back. And they they like all those guys. But it's just a matter of you know what's the right fit at that point because they they do have options. You know, all throughout the first three rounds, three four rounds take a running back and like I said they will take a running back they want to add to that position they want to replace you know, some of the stuff that Zeke had they like Tony Pollard he's coming off an injury you know, they do need a guy and again you know if, if, if Zeke not Zeke but if Bijan falls the Cowboys will wait on him with open arms they're going to take him yeah, hey, and you know how excited your oh, boy will man, be. be. I, we might be in Dallas every weekend, chill, to come up there and come and kick it with you to watch them games. Because uh, if Bijan can go there and bring some excitement, I know that uh, he had come there earlier to hang out with uh, Zeke Elliott and Micah Parsons man. here in Austin. They've been working out together as well. So that will be exciting time for a lot of Longhorn fans. You know what will not make a lot of Longhorn and Cowboy fans happy if is is if he goes to Philadelphia because that was the team that a lot of people have been talking about. He was just on uh, the Four Letter Network talking about if he had a quarterback he would play with, he would love to play with uh, Jalen Hurts. Now we all understand they got the same agent, so that makes sense. But what what would it be? For Bijan, if he were to go to Philadelphia, I know we're talking about the Cowboys, but we had definitely got to talk about the rivalry and what that would bring to that offense in Philadelphia. Yeah, let, let's just go through it. You know, I, I'm looking at his draft. I'm looking at, you know, there's, I mean, I hate these draft nicks who talk about the devaluation of running back. You can't take Bijan that high and all that other stuff. Bijan is a weapon. He's not just a running back, he's a weapon. He's going to make your team better. Now look at the draft, and I think he's an option at eight for Atlanta. He's at nine in Chicago. Certainly, we're going to talk about Philadelphia, but certainly he's an option there at ten for Philadelphia. You look at the Patriots could take him. Uh, the Washington take him. Uh, I, I look at Tampa Bay. You know, they, they certainly could take him. He helped that quarterback. So there are a lot of options there. The Chargers could take him before he gets to the Cowboys. So you know, there's somebody's going to take him up before he falls to the Cowboys. But I've said this from the beginning: the Cowboys do not want Bijan. 
in Philadelphia. To go with, with the running game they already have, with the quarterback they have, and B. John is so good. Well, I, I think I read a stat or heard a stat today that he averaged 10 yards to carry in the zone read in, in college. Well, add him with Jalen Hurts in that zone read and, and what Ooh. he would look like, what Hurts would look like running that zone read in Philadelphia. Mm. You know, that, that that's scary. And, and, you know, for teams that talk about uh, you don't want a running back because he's not a 10-year player, well, the Eagles are a team that's ready to win now. And if you're going to take a running back who's going to be at the prime of his career, at the start of his career, to add what you got and get you on the top, it's B. John Robinson. It's the Eagles who can do that because they went to the Super Bowl last year you know, and they're, they're certainly a contender to go back again. You had Bijan and what they already did, certainly with Jalen Hurts, with, with that running game. They had the number one rushing offense in the NFL last year. Uh, adding Bijan would just be scary for Cowboys and fans and certainly everybody in the NFC because the Eagles will be a dominant team for years to come. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we all agree with you. hundred percent. With you, no doubt about it. Uh, let me ask you uh, about the defense uh, particularly because uh, this offseason, the Cowboys kind of acted and was a little out of character for the Cowboys and, you know, signing uh, Donovan Wilson, um, investing in a safety position, which they haven't really done as often. But now it seems like Dan Quinn, his influence, Leighton Vander Esch being signed in the offseason as well, obviously the Stephon Gilmore trade. It, was this a Dan Quinn-influenced offseason? in your opinion? Both. I mean, I mean, it's one thing that Mike McCarthy, we talked about running the ball more. He's talking about leaning on that defense, you know, trusting that defense and, and leaning to their strength. And they believe the strength of this team right now is that defense, you know, and, and that's part of it. I think that they, they felt, yes, they scored a lot of points in the past, but they were, were too reckless at times with, with decisions and, and, and how they handled the clock and different things like that. They cost them lose games certainly late last year. But, yeah, you know, Dan Quinn, they they want to keep what's strong strong, and, and they're going to certainly try to add to what Dan Quinn has done in their defense as you talk about, you know, certainly going and get the cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, you know, uh, to, to, to really solidify that side of the field to what they already had with Diggs on the other side of the field. Uh, certainly they, they comfort themselves with, with, with bringing back Leighton Van Der Esch linebacker. They got the three-headed safety, big, oh. big nickel, what they call it, the safety thing. That, that's their basically their, their – uh, their base defense is those three mm-hmm. states, you know, and, 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 and that's part of to go with, with Michael Parsons. So they can still continue to add to that defense, whether it's a quarterback, uh, because Gilmore's only on a one-year deal, defensive end, pass rusher, uh, adding some more depth at the linebacker position, you know, because, you know, you still have the injury question with Leighton Van Der Esch. All that's on the table. But, yeah, Dan Quinn is a big part of what they want to do, what they're trying to do. They think the defense is the top ten, top five defense in the league, and they want to add to it. Before we let you go, Chill, I just wanted to ask you, you know, they went out and got uh, Brandon Cooks at the wide receiver position. He's the one that we are talking about stretching the field, and you talked about the weapons and going out and bringing in more weapons. Is he going to be a difference maker, If number one, if he can stay healthy, but most importantly, help Dak as they stretch the field? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Brandon Cooks has been healthy. And, and, you know, this is a guy who has, I think, four or six 1,000-yard season in his career, played with a lot of great quarterbacks. He's been traded a lot, but people have been wanting him. It's not like he's been cut. You know, he was traded for, traded for first-round picks twice in his career. You know, this, this is a guy who's played with, with Drew Brees and played with Tom Brady. You know, and, and, and he's been productive pretty much everywhere he's gone. And certainly, look, last year at Houston, and he's older, but the guy can still get by you. He still runs a 4-3. You, you look put on some of the tape. And he gets down the field, and he's really a better matchup, a better complement to C.D. Lamb 
and everybody was talking about Odell Beckham and, and bringing him in. This is really what they, they need. They really having a guy to take the, who can take the top off the defense and stretch the field, and that's what he can do, uh, and, and it pairs well with C.D. Lamb. But, again, they're still going to address the receiver position in the draft. They, you know, you look at the top three, four rounds, they're probably also going to take a receiver. You know, they, they've done their homework. The receivers, they like that. They continue to want to add weapons to this offense. We can't wait. We're just a couple hours away from a couple days away from figuring out who is going where, and then all the craziness can be stopped so we don't have to listen to all these nonsense stories that are out there. I think five Longhorns will be taken in this draft. That is a beautiful thing I right there. With that. I, I, I think both running backs, both defense tackles, and, and DeMario on overshot. And the Cowboys have been talking to DeMarvian as well, correct? They've been talking to tomorrow as well. Yeah, they, 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 he, he's been here for a visit. You know, like I said, they like Roshan. They like Overshawn. You know, they, they, uh, they, they're certainly an option for them because they do need help at linebacker. So, you know, he, he's certainly a mid-round option for the Cowboys. Jerry mm-hmm. might lose his mind honestly, if he has to pick two Cowboys. Yeah, honestly, I think Ojimo kind of works for him too. Plays different shades up front. He's kind of an athletic freak. I think all the, all the Longhorns actually yeah. make sense for the Cowboys this year, Chill. Well, there's no doubt. They, they need, again, they need help at defensive nose tackle. Yeah. And, and so the big boys inside would help them because they, they don't really have a wide body. It would help their run game. So yeah, those those, those are certainly all options for the Cowboys uh, to pick. So so maybe it's a, if you know give one or two Longhorns to come out. That'll be two. But maybe one has an option to get here. But I think again, five Longhorns get drafted. That's a beautiful like that. thing. Beautiful. It's been a long time since we had that conversation where five Cowboys. I mean, five Longhorns mm-hmm. get drafted in. Might even have one go to the to the Cowboys. Chill, as always, man. Thank you so much. And y'all can follow his work at Clarence Hill Jr. on Twitter. And he writes for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. As always, my brother, be safe. Thank you guys, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Chill. Appreciate him. Man, uh, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. No, I agree with them about the I mean the Longhorns. I think they'll all be drafted. Yeah. Uh, I think that the one who'll be drafted lowest might be Coburn. But it's not. A, it, I don't think it's disrespect to Coburn. I just think because of his position right. and the, the value of it that they, you know, they can pick those positions a little bit later. But I think he makes a roster. In oh, the for sure, because everybody needs a Coburn. Oh my goodness! Um, all right, so good stuff there from Chill and Harsh Knock Life. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get into off the record on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, Wonderful Nine the Horns. D D E Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. It's cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Uh, we don't have that much time, so I'll just be really quick here. I'm sure by now people have heard that there's a, a, a huge amount of attrition happening at Colorado. So the latest, and I got it from several different sources. So they had their spring game this past weekend. Uh, one of the Colorado receivers, Montana Lemonius Craig. Great name. God, that's an awesome name. That is Montana dope. Lamonius Craig. Oh, well done, parents. Well yep, done there. Yep, yep. He had the best game out of any of the players for Colorado. He had three receptions, 154 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Hit the transfer portal right after the spring game. Within 24 hours of the spring game, he hit the transfer portal. And Harsh, 18 players. He was joined by 17 others. 18 total to hit the transfer portal for Colorado 
post-spring game. In total, there have been 31 players since the spring transfer uh, window opened that have hit the transfer portal. That was April 15th. And in all, since Dion's hire, there have been 41. Yes, 41 players who have hit the transfer portal mm. for the Colorado Buffaloes. And it also says here total, if you want to just add up all the totals of transfer portal windows, the guys since Dion took over, this comes from Max Olsen. He's saying that now, basically prior to last Thursday, they had 23 players that hit the portal. And now with all the news, they basically have a total of 40 players that have hit the transfer <laughs> portal. And if you're counting the scholarship players from last year's 1-11 roster, 63 of the 83 scholarship players have hit the transfer portal. My goodness. Woo-wee. Well, they were they were one in eleven. Some of them they needed to be. They, they, some of them needed to be in a transfer portal. Some of them needed to figure out what they wanted to do extra. And if you got a chance to watch some of the highlights, man, they were real light in the caboose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They Imagine. didn't look like they they didn't look like athletes that we've seen elsewhere. Let's just say that you get a chance to flip through the TV and you start looking at Georgia's spring game, Alabama's spring game, and you're like, wait. And then you click on uh, Colorado's, you're like, yeah. they don't look the same. Yeah, and it's, attrition is not only expected these days; it's welcomed from a lot of universities because they want to upgrade the roster and churn out that that rock that talent at the bottom of their roster but i will admit that's a that's a lot of attrition that's a mass exodus that is but dion remember there's video of him saying we most of y'all gonna be in the transfer portal challenging guys to get in the transfer portal and get off his roster well be careful what you wish for. So I'm assuming Dion has a plan. Let's hope. Why else would you? Yeah. Why else would you be demanding guys get the transfer portal and then be scared when they get in the transfer no portal? Doubt. Like, no, no. So listen, he he's obviously brought a lot of attention. They their ESP their spring game was on ESPN. Um, he sold a so they sold out of season tickets for the first time in forever at Colorado. Um, and he sold I think forty five thousand tickets for the spring game alone. Wow. So I mean they're okay. They're, and by the way, none of the guys. I don't know none, but. Uh, damn near all the guys that he has recruited since he's been there, they're still there. These right. are all the guys that he inherited that are pretty much being um, one in eleven ushered off the roster. One in eleven, yeah, they're being they're, yeah, shown. They've been shown the way out. <laughs> hey, thank y'all for sticking around for the spring game. Y'all got to see what we about to do with all these yeah. fans. Y'all can go. He said before spring break that he was cleaning out lockers. The guys would come back and not have their lockers. So I don't people are like man, this is crazy. He he invited this. Yes. So I'm assuming this is all part of Dion's plan. Yeah. I still got faith in Dion, but I will admit it's either gonna be it's gonna be a parade or he's gonna be basically ushered out of town. So uh, he's gonna be hoisted on somebody's shoulders, whether it's good or bad. Pretty they much, be yeah. carrying him out of town. They're going to carry him out of town, or he's going to get carried yeah. out of town. It's going to be parade, or they're going to run him out of town. <laughs> exactly. I don't know which one. It's going to be all nothing. No, there's no middle Keep ground. Them cowboy here. hats on and them boots. He did look clean. Yeah, he did. Uh, oh, that boy always, <laughs> yeah, always clean. Was clean. I was wearing my prime, <laughs> my prime uh, pullover this weekend, and he, he did sign a thirty million dollar deal. So prime going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Prime going to be fine. I sound like Dion. You did. You did. All right, we'll come back. God bless you. We'll come back. We got NBA playoff <laughs> review coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.